My name's Annie Duncan. I am the executive pastor here. Always love being here with you guys. So good morning and good morning if you're watching online. Good morning to the 11 a.m. service. Hello to all you students. Well, it was about 10 years ago that I think I tried sriracha for the first time. You know, the spicy hot sauce. Uh, I was eating some Vietnamese soup, and a friend of mine said, it's really good in the soup, so you got to try it. So I squeezed a little bit on my soup spoon, and out came the most amazing, brightly colored orange condiment. I knew I would be destined to love this condiment because my favorite color is orange. I don't know if you can see my shoes. Uh, I always have something orange on. So I squeezed some in my soup, mixed it, and the bland chicken broth started to turn a little bit of a fiery orange. Fiery indeed, because after I took my first bite, I quickly learned that a little sriracha goes a long way. I wouldn't make that mistake again. This summer, we're doing a sermon series on the parables of Jesus and how Jesus would teach. And Jesus was a storyteller. So stay tuned for a bunch of stories in this sermon. And in the story that Rich just read, Jesus talks about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven and compares it to the littlest of seeds and yeast. Two fairly insignificant substances, yet when they grow or when they're activated, they have large-scale results. And Jesus is saying that that's what the kingdom of God is like. It's like a mustard seed. A mustard seed grows into a huge tree. And yeast that over time activates the dough to rise. And Jesus is saying that in the kingdom of God, just like with sriracha, a little goes a long way. Okay, hold up. Maybe some of you are thinking, okay, I get what a mustard seed is because you just showed me a picture, and I know what yeast does because it helps make bread rise and bread is delicious, but what is the kingdom of heaven or what's the kingdom of God? Good question. Another way to talk about the kingdom of God is to basically say it's heaven on earth. You might hear someone pray and ask, God, may your kingdom come. And what they're asking is, God, may you be rule in this part of my life. You might hear someone say um, that they got healed and that it was an inbreaking of God's kingdom. And for a while, Scott Dudley has been asking the question, where are you called to bring God's healing? And when we bring God's healing, wherever we go, live, work, play, or learn, that is like bringing the kingdom of God to earth. Because when things get healed, when things get made the way that God wants them to be, that is an inbreaking of God's kingdom. And here, with a mustard seed and yeast, Jesus talks about the kingdom of God in a way that he wants his listeners to understand that the kingdom of God is here, it's now, it's at work, it hasn't shown up all at once, but it's a slower process, like the growing of a tree or the leavening of bread. And in this sermon, you're going to kind of hear me toggle back and forth with two different concepts of the kingdom of God. And the first is this, that we are experiencing it now in bits and pieces, and one day we will experience it in fullness. So it's something that we have to wait for. And second, the size doesn't matter in the kingdom of God. Our faith can be mustard seed small because our God is so big. Now, how many of you have ever had this thought? God, why don't you just do something? God, why don't you just do something? Maybe it's been a thought that you've had recently in regards to our country or nation or world. Maybe it's a thought that you've had uh, from a particular relationship. Or maybe you've been praying a prayer for so long and it seems like something that God would want to do and yet it's still a prayer you're praying. You haven't seen it come to pass. What Jesus is saying about the kingdom of God is that God is doing something. God is up to something. But sometimes we just don't see it happening. 
because we have to wait for it. Patience. Ugh. Patience. I am just as thrilled as you are that I'm about to talk about patience. But check out the two timetables that Jesus uses in this parable. Seeds don't grow overnight. We've got to wait for them to grow. But bread does rise overnight if you make the bread correctly, which I don't. But anyway, bread does rise overnight. The kingdom of God is definitely something that we have to wait for. And there are going to be things that aren't going to happen right away. We're going to have to wait for them for a while. But there are other things that might come to pass sooner than later. We might just have to sleep on it. But in a culture that wants it all and wants it now, this is a little bit harder to unpack. I didn't get married until I was 33. Okay, technically I was 32 years and 11 months old, but I'm rounding up for dramatic effect. And I definitely remember praying prayers to God saying, God, why don't you just do something? I am so sick of being single. And now that I'm married, I end up praying that same prayer. God, why don't you do something? In or out of marriage, We are constantly going to be going to God and praying and giving him our timeline, asking him for him to step in and do what we want him to do. But in the waiting, when things aren't going according to plan, do you trust God? Do you trust him? Do you trust that God is at work, that his kingdom is here, is coming, and that we can experience it in bits and pieces? In the waiting, we have hope that one day we will experience it in fullness. A few weeks ago, Scott Dudley told the story of how he asked for prayer for his eyesight on two different occasions. The first occasion, he asked for prayer, nothing happened, it was kind of awkward, so he ran away. And the second occasion, he asked for prayer, it was again kind of awkward, but the people pray, and nothing happened, but the people praying said this to him, God heals, you're not healed yet, go in peace, knowing that God is with you. That's what mustard seed patience is all about. Wait for it. Your healing is coming. And watch what happens when you wait. That small little element of hope, it grows, just like a mustard seed grows. And a little goes a long way. Another thing that this parable teaches us about the kingdom of God is that God calls us to do little and sometimes big things for the kingdom. And again, these little things, they may be small, but the point is is that they are alive. They are little, but alive. And when we do little things for God, we know that in his kingdom, he's just going to multiply it. Little acts will add up to something big. Like revival. Revival has more of a mustard seed timeline than, than it does of yeast, and that's okay because it takes time. Take the Jubilee service day, for example. It started out as one church, one service day. It started out little, but its mission was alive. And now we have over 3,000 people participating, 20 different schools, 20 different homes that are being served nearby, and so many churches involved. What started out small, it was small, but it was alive. It was little, but alive. Now, how have you seen this mustard seed principle in your own life? What's maybe something small that God has taken and you've seen it multiply and grow? Some of you might be thinking, well, if all I have to do is give a teensy tiny little bit of effort, then why do I bother at all? Why can't God just do it all? Well, what's the fun in that? Jesus knows is that when we give just a tiny bit of effort, that that's a seed. And in God's kingdom, seeds grow. And they grow into big, huge trees. Jesus and his ministry is a great example of how something was small but alive. Born in a barn, raised by two adolescents, in poverty, 
wasn't a CEO of a major corporation, died the death of a criminal, and yet who has changed the course of history more? Christianity had its small beginnings, but it was alive and it grew, and that's why we are all here today. The kingdom of God is like this. It's small but alive. And when God is on the move, he does a lot of things. And I don't know about you, but sometimes in order to understand what Jesus is talking about, it helps to understand the other things that he said. And in Matthew 17, just a few chapters after Jesus preaches these two parables, he uses a mustard seed analogy again. Now, a man has come to the disciples, and he's asking the disciples to heal his son who has a demon in him. And the disciples try, and they can't do it, so they bring him to Jesus, and Jesus heals the boy. And later, when the crowds are gone and the disciples have Jesus just to themselves, the disciples go up to Jesus and and they say, hey, why couldn't we do it? Why couldn't we drive it out? And Jesus replied, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to here and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Great answer, Jesus. Is anyone else confused? Because how can the problem, the disciples' little faith, also be the solution? Oh, just have a little faith. That doesn't make sense. But what is confusing in our English translation is, for once, crystal clear in the Greek. Little faith is better translated brief faith. Brief. Oligopistia is the Greek, and it has to do more with time than it does size. The word in Greek that Jesus uses to describe the mustard seed is mikros, and it has more to do with size than it does time. So in other words, the disciples' problem wasn't that their faith was small, it was that their faith was brief. They prayed once, and the guy wasn't healed, and so they gave up, and they brought the boy to Jesus. Their faith had no staying power. And when it comes to having this mustard seed kind of faith, it can be small, but it cannot be brief. What Jesus said is about the kingdom, he's now saying about individual faith. He's saying, be patient. Your faith may be small, but it's alive, so wait for it. When our faith has staying power and it isn't brief, it's given time to grow. I mean, just think about a mustard seed. If you got a mustard seed and you want it to grow, you put it in the soil and it just stays there for a while, and then it becomes a tree. The seed can't go in and out of the soil. It would die out of the soil. And our faith is the same. Our faith can't go in and out of the soil. We can't believe one day and not the next and believe. Jesus is saying, just start with a tiny, tiny little bit of faith. Because Jesus knows that in his kingdom, seeds grow. Our faith will grow. Which is why he's saying it's okay to start small. Anything that isn't growing is dead. Which is why we need to stick it out. Just stay put in the soil. Jesus is calling the disciples, just, just stick, it in, stick it in the game. Just keep up with it. Pray once and it doesn't work. Well, then pray a second time. Jesus is calling us to stick in the game as well because we know what giving up feels like. So what would happen if you didn't? We're not told to have faith as big as a mountain and then we can move a mountain, but we're told we can have faith as teeny tiny as a little seed and we can have huge results. And Jesus wants his disciples to know that they can run on an extremely low tank of faith. So what's your faith tank at right now? Are you running on empty? Are you about a quarter tank? Do you have a full tank? There will be times, more often than not, that our tanks will run a little low when the waiting won't get us where we want to be. 
And in those moments, the size of our faith doesn't matter as much as the object of our faith. Norm and Mary Vanderwall are pillars of Bell Press. Two years ago, Norm recalls a time when they were praying for God's kingdom to come. But it came in a way that they were not expecting and they were not hoping for. Mary had been diagnosed with lung cancer and they were praying for healing. They gathered with the session one August night for a time of prayer. Mary was anointed with oil and Julie Metz prayed at Mary's feet and Chris played some music on the guitar. And when the time of praying was over, no one wanted to leave. God, being in God's presence was just so good. And let's face it, being with Mary was just so good. No one wanted to leave. And despite the prayer for healing, Mary's cancer spread. The oncologist said that Mary would maybe make it until Christmas. But just a few weeks after that session meeting in August, Mary passed away on September 20th, 2015. And looking back, Norm recalls that moment of praying for Mary as one of the most intense heavenly experiences. And in the email that he sent to me describing that time, he titled the email, Prayer as Leaven. Prayer as Leaven. And I just love that description. Prayer works as leaven to activate our faith. Maybe even when we don't get the things that we're asking for, prayer acts as leaven to let us know that God's presence is still there. God is still alive. He is still at work. And his kingdom is still present. Prayer is leaven and a small little prayer of faith can go a long way because that's how the kingdom of God and our faith are connected. And Jesus is saying about both of them, it's okay to start small. Mustard seed faith is tiny, but it's productive. And it's not the quantity of our faith that's important, but the object of our faith, who our faith is in. And sometimes the faith process is really, it's just saying to God, okay, God, whatever you want, here's our mustard seed faith. God, work with it. We're dependent on you. We are reliant on you to do something with this tiny little effort of our faith. Chris and Tara Martinson and their family are some of the people in my life and maybe yours. Oh man, I'm starting to cry way too soon. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I've got my tear sponge right here to soak up tears. <laughs> Your daughter gave it to me, Rich. <laughs> But they are some of the people in my life, and maybe yours too, that have illustrated this mustard seed, tiny but productive faith. And maybe some of you know this story, but maybe some of you don't, because it's relatively new, new news. So I encourage you to grab a tissue. It's maybe for me, so throw them up here. Um, and hear these words. These are Chris's words about this story and this new news in their life. About three years ago, Tara and I felt a shift we knew God was calling us to something new, but did not know what, where, or when. So we began to pray. We began to listen, and we began to wait. I, Chris, felt a stirring to return to the corporate role, to go back working as an undercover agent for the kingdom. And so I began to apply to roles that were interesting, but to no avail. Tara, however, did not see things as I did. She thought I was still designed for work in ministry, but was not opposed to a corporate job as it could provide some financial freedom. So we continued to pray, listen, and wait. I started to say, God, to say to God quite often, you see our hearts, you see what we need, you see our dreams, and they are officially yours to deal with. I told him, hey, a tech job close to the beach would work for me. That year, I applied for a role 
as a CEO of a nonprofit in Orlando, thinking there was no chance, but hey, I like Disney World, so why not? The recruiter liked me, and I got pretty far along in the process and then heard no. Oh well, it was a long shot, but it got us thinking about Florida. And then we started to see Florida license plates almost daily. I had this thought, this is just confirmation bias, like when you get a new car and you see them everywhere. So I said, God, if you are speaking in this, could you please be more clear? Tara was the one with the faith. She kept on saying, he is speaking, and I think he may be calling us to Florida. I was less convinced. And then one of our pastors here, Jackie Smith-Patman, moved to Florida. Well, that's a coincidence. More prayer, more listening, more waiting. Another year goes by. We continue to ask God, what are you calling us to? We saw the good work that he was doing here at Bell Press. We have a community. We have a healthy church. We have a lot of rain. But why do we feel so called to leave? Maybe it's the rain. Then Colette Sackman, who worked in our department, moved to Florida. Yep, another coincidence. One night while praying, Tara saw an image of us surfing on a wave side by side and our kids and people nearby and heard, you will be like a father and a mother to many. A beach and surfing sounded good to me, so I continued to pursue other opportunities in SoCal, where we're from, but to no avail. So more prayer, more listening, more Florida license plates, and more waiting. Another year goes by. Then one day I was talking to God and driving and saying, what do all these license plates mean? No sooner did I think that question than a car pulls out in front of me and at the bottom of the Florida plate it says, in God we trust. I called Tara and I said, I know what they mean. They mean we just need to trust God. We don't have to move to Florida. We can go anywhere, do anything. We just need to trust him. We continued to pray and listen and apply. In prayer, Tara felt that God was asking, do you love me more than financial freedom, more than sunshine, more than the community you have or will have, more than everything? This was the point where we, mainly me, surrendered to God, whatever job you call us to, wherever it is, I guess I am willing. Then I saw a local Microsoft role and a church role in Florida. I figured I, if I'm to be open to whatever God has for us, then I should apply to both. Well, to make a long story short, I know, too late, I received both offers for both roles. I distinctly remember the feeling that God would be so pleased and bless either option and that he was in them both. He was giving us a choice. Oh, I'm almost to the end. <laughs> and while Florida is scary, a bit crazy, and definitely out of our comfort zone, it's also out of the boat, on the wind and the waves, where we are dependent on Jesus, and so that is why we chose Florida. Man, we're going to miss you guys. <laughs> Chris will be continuing his work in ministry as a pastor of discipleship in sunny southern Florida. Three years ago, a mustard seed prompt was given to Chris and Tara. And that grew into a calling that they couldn't ignore. The, the Martinson family have what I call sriracha faith. Because a little goes a long way with them. It's fiery and bright. And it catches and inspires so many. And if you know them, I think you know what I mean. Now, the past three years for them have not been easy. It's been a lot of ups and downs. It's been a lot of questions going before God and asking, God, where are you? Where are you? Tara even said to me the other day, there's times when she gets anxious about the move because it's kind of a big move. But then she starts telling this story. 
And she said, all the anxiety leaves as soon as I start telling the story. Because God continues just to affirm their call. And so we will miss them, but we are sending them with joy. So what are the small things that God might be calling you to start? What are the Florida license plates in your life that may be those guideposts of God saying, come with me, I am speaking, I am calling you to do this thing with me in the kingdom. God didn't burst in one day and say to Chris and Tara, you're moving to Florida tomorrow. But he started small by giving them the sense that something new was on the horizon. And just like that, God gives us permission to start small. So Bell Press, start small. Start mustard seeds small. A little goes a long way in the kingdom of God. And there are things that we're going to have to wait for, but a little faith, a little faith that you give to God, know that it's alive. And all God asks is that you stick with it. Keep it in the soil. Keep it in the game. The kingdom of God is a mustard seed. It starts small and then it grows and a little goes a long way. So God, we thank you that you are a good father. We thank you that you don't call us to have big faith to do big things, but you call us just to have teensy tiny little bits of faith because we know that you're a good God and you will fill in the gaps where we lack. So God, we are expectant to see what you do. We are expectant to see how you will move. So God, may we go having mustard seed-sized faith. It's in your name that we pray, amen.